You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's January 13th. Everyone is now settled into their New Year's resolutions, and the Eagles and its fan base are prepared for the divisional round against the Atlanta Falcons at Lincoln Financial Field. There's been so much tension between the fan base in the last two weeks debating about Nick Foles, debating about what this team really is without Carson Wentz. And now finally, we get to test a lot of hypothesis. It was a Saturday, 32 degrees and a lot of wind, 16 miles an hour. The Falcons favored by two and a half points. Vegas also didn't believe that anybody was going to really score in this game. The over-under was 40 points. And they were right. The Falcons deferred and the ugliness came into play. Doug Peterson had said all along this week that he was not going to change the offense, that they were going to be aggressive. And on the first throw, he wasn't kidding. A play-action pass that sailed up in the air and was probably Nick Foles' worst throw of the season. A soaring duck that just stayed in the air with the wind pushing it back and forth. And the ball landed about five yards in front of Torrey Smith. But fortunately, a wonderful, beautiful, bright orange flag hits the field. Pass interference down the field and the Eagles are in scoring position. That is until the very next play, where Jay Ajayi fumbled the football and Atlanta took over. Devontae Freeman was the target, but he wasn't the factor, as Telvin Coleman kept running to the outside all game long. But the Eagles defense, who had been stingy all year, continued to do so in one of its most important games. Bend, don't break, and there certainly was a lot of bending, but not a lot of breaking. And the Falcons could only capture three points off of the first Eagles turnover, but there would be plenty more. On the next Eagles possession, LeGarrette Blunt would fumble the football, and although the Eagles would retain possession, it killed their second drive as well. It wasn't until the end of the first quarter when Jay Ajayi finally felt comfortable and took over. Starting from deep in their own territory, Ajayi took the ball 10 yards at a time, and then Doug Peterson got into his bag of tricks. A jet sweep to Nelson Aguilar around the left side as he got boosted out of bounds around the four-yard line. But the fumbleitis would continue, and it wasn't just with Jay Ajayi or LeGarrette Blunt. It also included Corey Clement. A really bad exchange between Nick Foles and Corey Clement almost cost the Eagles points. But Nick Foles leaps on the ball and gives Big Balls Doug an opportunity to show what he's made of in a playoff game. Although Trey Burton will be remembered forever during this playoff run for throwing a touchdown to Nick Foles in the Super Bowl, this was probably the most underrated play of Trey Burton's career. At fullback, he leads LeGarrette Blunt into the end zone making a key block so he can get in. This would be the last touchdown the Eagles would make during this entire game. And to continue with the theme of the good with the bad, Jake Elliott missed the extra point. The second quarter kept getting worse, kept getting sloppy. Brian Brayman on the punt return fumbles it over back to Atlanta, which results in a touchdown. The link continues to get colder and colder. In fact, it would get down to 26 degrees. But then there was a spark and the Eagles used all their luck during this playoff game. A really bad pass by Nick Foles goes off the knee of Keanu Neal and into the hands of Torrey Smith. And at that moment, Nick Foles started to heat up. What looked almost identical to Carson Wentz throwing to Alshon Jeffrey and for Jake Elliott to hit a 61-yard field goal to beat the Giants, they decided to go back to it to get some points on the board before halftime. And for Elliott, 53 yards, 
seems like 25 yards. He makes up for the extra point miss, and now the Eagles are only down 10-9 at halftime. There's a lot of back and forth in the third quarter. Foles is starting to get a little more confident. The passing game opens up a little more, and the defense remains stingy. Roddy McLeod on a safety blitz completely ruins the Falcons' drive. The back and forth continues, but the Eagles can't convert anything into a touchdown. They finally get a field goal in the third quarter and one more in the fourth, and they go up 15-10. And with the last six minutes in the game, everyone held their breath. The Eagles would get the Falcons into a fourth and long with three minutes left. The crowd was standing on its feet, and then all of a sudden, everyone sees Julio Jones. He converts. The Falcons' offense continues to paper cut the Eagles. Tyler Gabriel down to the 20 with a minute plus left. Telvin Coleman again to the outside, down to the nine. The clock continues to tick and tick and tick. Matt Ryan with a terrible shovel pass with 109 left on the clock almost nearly gets intercepted. A quick throw to Julio Jones down to the two. It gets reviewed. The call stands and now there's 105 left and it's fourth and goal and what we come to learn is the Eagles knew what was coming next but for the 69,000 plus in Lincoln Financial Field we all stood there and held our breath Matt Ryan rolls out to his right and stares into the end zone for what seems like an eternity and he fires to his favorite target Julio Jones the ball sails right through his hands and the Eagles take over on downs. The final whistle blows, and Lane Johnson and Chris Long are about to sell out Amazon. The underdog masks come on, and the Eagles are one win away from the Super Bowl. Chapter 3, The Atlanta Falcons. The game was unbelievable. The dog masks were unbelievable. Doug Peterson was unbelievable. Nick Foles was so much better than I think any of us thought he could be. John Ritchie, good morning. And the Eagles are one win from the Super Bowl, John. This is so awesome. Victory! Touchdown, one, two, one, two, three. Hit them low, hit them high, and watch our Eagles fly. To the Super Bowl! My Eagles fly on the road to victory. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles! That was the single scariest, most exhilarating, most insane moment of my life as a fan. Honestly, the Eagles are lining up, and it's one play for a season. Two yards away from the most devastating loss you could ever imagine, and it's all one play. Matty Ice, local kid, throwing a ball to the side. Julio Jones jumping up. Jalen Mills jumping up. The whole city. Al, tell me if I'm wrong. Even you held your breath. It was when the ball's in the air, no one's breathing. Oh, no. no one's breathing. No, I don't know how the NFL does this. I don't either. Because <laughs> that happened again yesterday. We're going to get to what happened at the end of that it's like game. Every game, but these out, oh, they put on a show. Yeah, three of the four games were phenomenal. Just unbelievable. And the, and the, the ending of the Viking Saints game will be talked about forever, and we will discuss just, it at length soon. 
But I got to go back to our game. Listen, Ike, I'm not going to take credit, just me. I'm going to let you get involved. We willed this city to this win on Saturday. What's up, man? Are you going to be able to make it for the next four hours? I just, my voice is shot Holy already. Smoke. Hey, I got five hours today. I, I, I wasn't going to undersell the importance of Saturday's game, right? I wasn't going to overplay it either. But the fact of the matter is, this city, for its undying loyalty to this team, the amount of time that we spend combing over this team, the roster, the decisions that are being made concerning the team. I mean, it's a 365-day thing to be an Eagles fan. And it's been a long time since we tasted postseason success. And Saturday night, in my opinion, was about us, man. We needed that win Saturday night because we needed to be rewarded for the loyalty that we've given yes, to this sir. to this team. And quite frankly... The year that they've given us, they deserve to win just as much. Yeah. I mean, it's been a fantastic year, exceeding expectations, underdogs last week, few doubters around the city. And, man, they came out Saturday, and they pulled that game out in dramatic fashion. And like I said, we sit one game away. From going to Minnesota. By the way, they are three and a half point underdogs. I Once like again. That. Fine. Me too. Good. There's going to be 10,000 people in the stands wearing dog masks on Sunday night, <laughs> and I'm all for it. Um, well, yeah. I mean, we'll get into yesterday's games in the week, which was that finish last night was ridiculous. Stefan Diggs and yeah. the throw by Keenum, and that's setting up a Vikings game. But Saturday night, it's still fresh in all our minds. The crowd was unbelievable on Saturday night. I thought they made a real difference. Yes. I mentioned the start, Nick Foles executed the offense while I thought Doug was great. And the defense, which we talked about for really two weeks, they had to step up, John Ritchie, and they did. And they did it in a, a fourth down stand to finish the game. That game had ever, that was an old school defensive nail biter on Saturday. And I just, I thought the Eagles played a well of the game. They weren't perfect. The first half, they had a lot of mistakes with the fumbles and, and Nick with overthrows, but yeah. I thought they really had a great game plan on both sides. The coaching, it was, we talked about team, team, team. They're not just one guy. That's what we're talking about. The Eagles are a great team. The play that uh, will define uh, this season for the Eagles. I think no matter what else happens now, because you don't, Hollis, it isn't every day. That an entire season from training camp and all the toils of the summer and early season and that, you know, all the adversity that hits every football team. We had the loss of wet. And then it comes back and you're in the playoffs and you're in the second round and, and all that comes down to one play. One play. One play. Um, yeah. <laughs> um you're on the field. Right. All right. All these players are out of field. Jalen Bill. They know the play. Right. They have already identified the play. How often does that happen? That you know the play by the way they're lined up, the way people are, you know, where they are on the field, all that. How do you, how often does that happen? Uh, most of the time, once, once you get to the floor of the game, yeah. you know, they go back to their bread and butter. So you right. know by formation what they're going to do. So as soon as they line up, I was like, it's going to be a sprint out. Yeah. I, was, I was thinking it's dumb because you can, he was sprinting out into the boundary. All right, so he was limited in the field. Yeah, limited now in the field. Yeah. So you do. But what do you ask? The whole season is going to unfold in that moment, right. that one play. What are you thinking? 
What, what's in your mind? You've been there, I'm sure, in your if, career. With, what thinking is, if thinking is, if if Houston is Houston playing next to me, tell him to look look out for the throwback screen. Okay, because he's a backside defensive end. There's and no then, emotion. There's, there's no emotion. You just you try <laughs> to get. It's just the mechanics of the moment. You try to make sure everybody know what they really? do. So and then, and then you had to hone in on what you had to do right. and, and get to it. I mean, I wouldn't have been a good player. If we don't. Man, I'm gonna blow the whole season here. Chaos does I'm, not um, does not suit you. I, I'm not. I'm gonna blow this. I know I'm because Jalen Mills, mm-hmm. who's out there, he's the one that knows that if he's this on play is what they think, it's him against yeah. Julio Jones right. for the season. Mano on mano. Oh yep. man, how scary is that? <laughs> ah, what are you doing? I was in the car. <laughs> what are you doing in the car? It's not very often that you see a team win a game being minus two in, no. the, in the turnover Especially margin. in the postseason. No, it just doesn't happen. Especially an underdog in the postseason. We, uh, you know, Nick started out a little shaky, but by the start of the second quarter, you saw a new Nick Foles mm-hmm. out there, and he got into rhythm and started, I mean, just picking that defense apart, which is something I did not expect. I thought, you know, maybe he can make a few throws here and there to keep the defense honest. But Nick, great. I mean, superlative job doing what was asked of him. And then you add to you add to that the fact that we got Jay Ajayi more involved. I loved seeing that. I think that can go up a notch. Sure. But, you know, again, Jay Ajayi, he looked rusty at times well, to me. He fumbled right at the start of the game. That was horrendous. Uh, all these areas we can easily improve on for this week. You know, it, uh, the, our defense, we knew we had to stop the run. Tevin Coleman, we didn't do a great job stopping him. But Devontae Freeman, who I, I think is the most furious runner in the NFL, he had 10 carries for 7 yards or something like that, or 7 carries for 10 yards. It was, it, we, we stymied him. What a great job. And Doug Peterson and his staff, you, you know, Frank Reich and John DeFilippo, uh, the, the, the entire offensive staff, the way that they game-planned that and wrinkled things up, uh, it was a sight to behold. There were times... I, I think Atlanta had to take two defensive timeouts. They did in the first half because there was a, an entirely new look on the field in a critical situation. They were like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! I don't know what to do here." Timeout. They won the way we were telling people how they can win, which wasn't pretty. Which was it was it was defensive. I mean, think about this: the Falcons in their offense and all the town on that offense. They got their 10 points off of turnovers. Yep. They didn't drive 10, 11 plays, 80 yards. They got it on short fields, and they got and the Eagles' defense shut them down. So the defense shut them down. Nick Foles did exactly what you needed him to do. He, he helped you. He didn't hurt you. And they just did enough, man. They got to stop late. Defense got to stop. Yeah, I mean, it just was a uh... – it was a game that was back and forth, and we knew it would be an ugly game. You knew we had to hang in there. Shout out to everyone that made it to the uh, link Saturday. Uh, capacity crowd, obviously. And uh, I think the support, honestly, uh, from the fans in the stands allowed them to weather the early part of this game. The early part of the game was a little rough for the offense. Took Nick a little time to settle down. Uh, obviously, Ajayi fumbling the ball on his first carry. That wasn't good. 
was the second play of the game. The first yeah. play, Nick Foles threw a, threw a duck in the air. Yeah, and you get a pass interference, but you get the benefit of the call. You're down there, and then you fumble the very next play. That's not good. That's not good. That leads to points. Uh, yep. And then and then you get um, you get the fumble on the punt, the muff punt, because it hits one of your uh, players, and you give Rap another set of points for the Atlanta Falcons. Yep. I mean, so it had that feel of, oh, man, this just ain't going to be our day. It's it just did. not going to be our day. And so, but they fought through that. They fought through that, through all that. The defense was fantastic. They led the way, and Nick got hot. Nick got hot. And Doug called a great game. People didn't breathe for about three <laughs> you seconds. You couldn't. You know, it was watching. It was funny watching <sighs> you when I watched it yeah. later that night, experiencing it. It was quiet, like the whole thing had been sucked in, and then the explosion. Yeah, half the people probably shut their yeah. eyes. Yeah, oh, was... oh, I shut my eyes all, all the time. Right. I, I'm one of those people who get at that moment. Yeah. It's so tough to look. <laughs> like you're like you got uh, you're squinting through your eyes. All right, you know what? I'll play my moment. All okay. right, because I'm uh, my and, and and let me make this clear. I did not know I was being taped. My son is there with my grandkids. They're Giants fans. They have no emotion in this whatsoever. You know my grandson's a trip. In fact, well, my grandsons uh, didn't appear all that thrilled no. by what had happened. But uh, this is live. This is live in that moment. I'm I'm hiding behind the couch next to my wife, Gail, and here it is. But my favorite part about that is you run out of the room with more pep in your step than I've ever seen in like 20 years. I couldn't believe it. And then your one grandson casually walks in like, what the hell's wrong with that Yeah, he is. uh, The dog is chasing me. It's on Twitter if you want to see it. And I also want to give a special shout out to Steve Sarkeesian for a horrendous sequence of plays for the Falcons down at the goal line. Uh, we talked about him last week as far as matchups and where the Eagles have the advantage, and Jim Schwartz certainly had the advantage over a, more or less a, a college coordinator, if you ask me, not a guy that should be running the Falcons. It, the, the defense played unbelievable. Fletcher, yeah. Fletcher Cox was unblockable, Ike. Played the way we all said he needed to play. You said it. Yeah. You said it. I mean, listen, he's your not, it's not just because he's your highest-paid player, but he is truly – uh, your best player certainly on defense, and you can make the argument that he's no worse than the second best player on the team overall. Just where he's at in his career and his importance uh, to their success moving forward. And you needed him to have that type of a football game. Got help from his friends, uh, a good game plan from Tim Schwartz. You know, we knew this offense of Atlanta doesn't score uh, in, in bunches, right? So they, they they struggle to put a ton of points on the board. And I give the defense credit, man. These young corners, they came to play. Oh boy. Julio made some plays, but nothing that hurt you. The fourth and sixth play, I thought, would, would, would lead to. That hurt. Yeah, you know, that hurt late in the game. But, and listen, he, he makes a lot of money to be Julio Jones. Yes, he does. And if I'm the Atlanta Falcons and Steve Sarkeesian and, 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 and Matt Ryan, who else in the hell are you going to throw the ball to but Julio Jones? Yep, yep. Especially right. if you're not going to double-team him. Rodney McLeod, great game. Malcolm, great game. And Malcolm sniffed it out. Malcolm and Rodney McLeod sniffed out that last play of the game. They recognized the formations. They gave Jalen Mills a heads up and said, this is what's going on. They're going to roll that. And they were right there. And I I, I don't understand that. That's tape study. It is. 
Yeah. It's, it's, it's tape study. And, and listen, the Falcons were probably expecting the Eagles to blitz on the play, so they want to sort of roll Matt Ryan away from, away where, from they, where they think the blitz may be coming. But, listen, you needed a little bit of fortune there. Julio slips. He falls. Uh, good job by the referee and crew by not panicking and just throwing a flag because they see a little contact there. That was all incidental contact. It didn't uh, hamper Julio from doing anything. He fell on his own, was able to get back up. Uh, great job from Michael Kendricks, Ron Darby on the backside of that play, staying with their man, doing your job. We got it. We, I don't know. This is a crazy look. Doug Peterson's throwing the kitchen sink at us. That's got to keep happening. I have faith that that can keep happening. And it was just an absolute uh, overwhelmingly refreshing experience to watch this team overcome obstacles and odds. It was a coaching clinic on Saturday night. It was unbelievable to watch Doug Peterson scheme around Nick Foles' deficiencies, scheme up what he does well out there. John just said it. Nick Foles executed the offense. They ran the football. The screen game was unbelievable. The play to Nelson Aguilar in the third and one, where they basically just opened up a huge hole in like a jet sweep, was no one saw that coming. And they, they based they based a, a number of plays in the offense off of that base yep. look. I mean, how crazy is that? It's amazing to watch this football team do what they've done this year. This has been a magical season. This team has been beloved in this city, and I think it's because, number one, they're resilient. And number two, this is a team, John. This isn't... And that's why when Carson Wentz went down, look, when it happened, everyone was all bummed out, and and there was a feeling like, oh, they could win the Super Bowl, and now it's ruined. And look, there's still two very, very difficult games to go before we get there, and we could talk about this team being a champion. But what they showed me on Saturday night is they confirmed it. This isn't about one guy. The best player is gone. We know that. But it's not about one guy. This is a coaching staff. This is a 53-man roster. They win as a team. And I think that's as cool as anything else going on right now in the NFL. Like, this is a great team in Philadelphia. And the city loves it. The home field is part of it. That was an an unbelievable atmosphere to, to be part of on Saturday night. And everybody there, if you were in that crowd Saturday night, you deserve part of that victory because that crowd yes. was electric. They played a role. Like they made yeah. a difference in that football game, especially a game that had so little margin for ever error came down to the fourth down at the end of the game. That crowd impacted the football game. No booze. We talked about all week. The only time they booed all game was when the uh, Falcons lineman Brooks Reed or whatever went down oh, yeah. and was quote unquote faking the injury. Just that crowd, I, I can't say enough about how proud I was yeah, to I'm be with an you, Eagles fan, to be part of this fan base, watching the impact that we had on that football game. It was awesome. Now let's get inside the actual broadcast. Mark, you're in the truck. Yes. And you're responsible for replays, correct? Uh, it's solely to Chris Collinsworth, yeah. So we to can Collinsworth. break down the play happen before okay. he breaks down for you at home. So so what? I just want to know. They know. That the whole game and the, for these two teams this season yeah. is right there in that play, yeah. right? Yeah. What, uh, take me in the so, truck. So basically, we, we, the Eagles just call a timeout, so there's a little bit more extra time in the truck to get, right. make sure everyone had their ISOs. You hear the director, Jurassic Hoff, and the producer, Fred Gadelli, making sure everyone has their ISOs uh, done, synced in, ready to go. But then there's also a moment of, this is the game. This is the game. They do say that. And whenever we have a, a big game like this, a playoff game or a Super Bowl, there's always something said before the game, like we're waiting for that one moment, whether that's Mario Manningham down the sideline in the Super Bowl, whether that's Antonio Holmes in the corner of the end zone with the Steelers and the Cardinals a couple of years ago in, in, in 08. We're always waiting for that one moment, 
And in that moment, it could have happened, whether it would have oh, been yeah. an interception for the Eagles or whether it would have been, unfortunately, uh, 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 Jones coming down with that play. So there was a lot of things going into it, and everyone just wanted to make sure that they had their wing right, skated. But, so that's fine. So you get this job you have to perform. Yeah. But you also <laughs> are an Eagles fan who works here, yeah. no less. In fact, you made your network TV de- de- uh, debut, which we'll talk it. about later. <laughs> Al, he, you know, he was on national network te- television yeah. in the open. What Mark Fazetta playing in, in the role of a torch host, which I thought was a stretch for him. Mm. But anyway, <laughs> back to the original. So, Mark, aren't you a fan too? Aren't you Absolutely. nervous? I, are you? What do you? Th- what are you he, feeling? He had to call the timeout. Yeah, obviously, Doug Peterson did. But I didn't want him to because I just wanted to make the play happen. Because hurry for up, me, because I'm concentrating on doing my job, yeah. and then I'm also thinking to myself, "Oh, my God, I can't wait for the defense to make a play here." Yeah, and they did. You know, Michael Kendricks is responsible for Tevin Coleman on the backside, and and, and Ron Darby had the fullback on the backside. And you watch that play, Matt Ryan. Once he saw Julio fall down, he's looking. He wanted to throw the ball to the backside. And how many times did we see that play where you lose track just for a half a second, or you get anxious and you want to go make a play? Right. Instead of doing your job. So Michael Kendricks deserves a lot of credit there. Forced Ryan to pull the ball back down. And then you still needed Julio to not catch the ball. Yes, you did. Because he still was able to get it up there to him. I know some people think Julio's feet wouldn't have come down in bounds. I happen to think differently. I think once he knew the ball went through his hands, he let basically concentration go. Right. He knew he didn't catch the ball. But if he catches that ball, I had to believe he makes an attempt. We've seen this guy make too many acrobatic catches. He made one of the greatest catches in Super Bowl history this past year on the sideline, getting his feet in bounds. <laughs> a much more difficult catch than that one was. So whatever the reason, he didn't catch it. He didn't catch it. Game over. NFC Championship and against the Saints almost. Almost. How about that game yesterday? Ike, if, if, of all the scenarios that I thought could happen in that game, if he makes the catch and he has, ends up getting tackled out of bounds to get yeah. a shot at the field goal. But what happened right there? I mean, you have got to be – what a finish in that game. Uh, just crazy. Obviously, the mistake the young rookie safety made. We, we, all, we all know that. Who had a great interception yeah. earlier in the game that you'll never never talk about. Yeah, yeah. And see, I, that's why I blame these rules. He's too busy thinking about where he's going to hit him at, not pad, no pass interference, all that nonsense. Dude, just go make a play. Go make a play. So he's going to regret that, obviously, um, for a long, long time. Oh, my God. But the ironic part about that, that's the same play we ran against the Giants early in the year to get the field goal, the game-winning field goal, and it's the same play we ran Saturday night to get the field goal before halftime. It's the same exact play. The defense was suffocating. Doug Peterson's offense executed. How about Corey Clement, the rookie? At the end of the game, Doug has him running the ball out. The defense with the stand. Like, that game had everything. I was drained after the game. Like, I, when I was younger, I used to get really high and low and emotional on every play. And I maybe I don't do it as much. That was the first time in a while I was like, I needed to lay down yeah. after the game. I was drained <laughs> watching that game. I was drained after the first half. I it was amazing. I uh, I guess I was budgeting my emotion just through force of habit. Uh, you know that's something that coaches always harp sure. on, especially in the playoffs. You know you can't shoot your your all your energy out there in the warmups because it's easy to do. It's a whole other level, and I felt like our both sides of the ball. Don't you think it looked like fast forward was pressed a little bit? Like not eight times, but maybe two times. You know, 
It, it's like their feet and their body was moving before their mind was moving on some place. We had like a, the fumble with like Eric Blunt, where Foles put it in his chest and he just oh, dropped it to the ground. Oh, that was bad. But them Foles with the heady play, like that was that was heady, man. He could have easily yep. just handed it off, went the other way with the play, but he kept his eyes on the ball and and made yeah. a huge play to get that ball back. We saw the timing of that play was all messed up, and that was you know that I'm convinced that the timing was messed up because you can't practice that play the ball handling on that play at playoff speed in practice Corey clement should have been another yard deep he should have taken longer on his delay step and but i i guess the the message is we can hold up at playoff speeds and we proved that it was just a gut ride it was three and a half hours of excruciating joy <laughs> you know it's torture <laughs> and then when you won it was just I don't know. I can't tell you the last time I felt that good about winning a game. Any game. I guess the the build-up with the underdog thing and the Mark went into the locker room after and he got Doug Peterson talking about the dog masks that were on and all that stuff. (laughs) They were a great story. We'll play that for you, too. It's just, I got to just tell you, it was, wow. It's, It's when you win one of those, you're so glad you're a fan. And when you lose one. Well, you're the Saints fans. You're looking for a new hobby. And we needed a little fortune. Yep. Listen, the ball bounced off Keanu Neal's knee. That should have been an easy interception for him. Torrey Smith is right there, Johnny on the spot. It was the immaculate, immaculate reception. I loved it. 2017. Loved 18, it. excuse and That me. was huge momentum going into the locker room. We needed that. Yeah, you're right. That 53-yard field goal from Jake. <laughs> Lot, like, He's more clutch 45 yards plus than he is 4,500. Keep taking the lays all the way you get back. <laughs> The only way you get back, 40-yard, nah, let's have a motion penalty. So many different things. And let me just give you give you one more here. The fourth and one call, like you had mentioned, the go for it with a Garrett Blunt, the call itself to go outside. Yeah. Who would have expected that player to go outside? It worked. It worked great. It was a great block by Burton, if I recall correctly. Yep. Garrett was able to get it outside. Yep. I mean, that that's essentially plays like that. That's the game. Yeah, you bring Legarrett in, and everyone's thinking you're running between the tackles. So it's good, good play call, good play design. Pull Brandon Brooks to get out on the perimeter. Trey Burton from the fullback position cuts down the outside man. Outside man. See, some people would say, "Well, why wouldn't you have Corey Clement in there?" Well, because he's he. I mean, that's going to the key to defense that it could be an outside run play. Right. I guarantee you, the Falcons were thinking that ball is coming right up the gut. Yeah, you're not going to send him outside. No, you're not running outside with LeGarrette Blunt, and, and that's why it worked. And that's going to have to go up another notch here this week, but I have I have faith. I do, I, too. And, and when that game came down to can our defense stop this offense, I felt very comfortable. You know, I, I knew that we would. Doug this morning was asked by Angelo. I was driving in here, and Doug was asked by Angelo this morning. But you're watching it there with one year of your life wrapped up in a single play. Doug, what was that like? Emotionally, what is it like for you? It's the calmest I've ever been. No way! Seriously. <laughs> yeah. Listen, what, what are you going to do, Angelo? What are you going to do? <laughs> I, I was hiding I, behind my couch, Doc. I, I, I get that. I get that. <laughs> and, and listen, our, our defense has, has had this type of defensive stand, uh, you know, this year. Um, our, Coach Schwartz and the defensive staff prepares our guys like 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 no other, um, and and 
you know, one of the things that I've done this season, and you and I have talked about this, is I've I've put our team in these situations uh, in practice to when it comes down to these opportunities to to make the play and. And I've got total confidence in our players. And, and listen, if if they were if, if they would have scored, um, you know, we still had fifty something seconds left to, to put ourselves in a position to uh, to kick the game winner. So, um, you know, it's great. Uh, it's great times. It's exciting, but uh, yeah, it can be a little nerve wracking. He trusted his defense. He trusted his defense to yeah. finish the game. And really, aside from the muffed punt. The Falcons didn't score a touchdown the entire game. They, they were set up with a really short field. The defense... Yeah, 10 points all off turnovers. Right. We, like, we asked all week, the defense has to be great, great, great. They were. The Falcons only Shot passed the 40-yard line twice, their first drive and their last drive, the entire game, other than that muff pump where they got the ball deep. That was it. As an offense, they only crossed the, 40, the Eagles' 40-yard line twice. I think it's time this week. As we get ready for an NFC title game, we'll talk a lot about the game. We'll take all your phone calls today. Doug Peterson at 12, Roddy McLeod at 1, a Merrill Montage at 11. It's over. The doubts are over in my mind. Now, are they going to win the whole thing? I don't know. But they can do it now. I believe right. this team is special. They can yeah. do anything now because they got past the biggest hurdle was can they win without Carson Wentz? Can they beat a really good team without Carson? They did it. They did yeah. it. They won the game. The defense stepped up. Doug Peters is unbelievable. And it's a team and this home field, there's something special going on here, John. This is this I'm is something you, special. We are in a moment which we have not been in in quite a while, gang. We are all gathered in one breath with arguments for the last three weeks on what Nick Foles is and what he is not. And today I stand here before you amongst this fan base and amongst this city to say we were still right. We all believed. Larry Poff texted me as we're on the air and said, don't worry about it, baby, because Doug Peterson is still our baby. Listen, we can have a lot of disagreements. We can have a lot of Worry, non-optimism, and that has all ended this week. I've been so impressed. Today, we will start the fire in the next 24 hours as we make our way towards that lot. And I want you to get there beard up. I want you to get there liquored up. I want the fire and ire of this entire town the moment Case Keenum rides that fake pony of his and this dream of a Minnesota miracle will get crushed among the thousands and millions of Eagles fans that will rain down upon us. We will not back down from any fight. We will not back down from any challenges. This team is not a team of destiny. It is a team that works, that pounds, and that will crush your soul into the Super Bowl. We will ride together to Minnesota and shout from the hills, E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles, right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Things started heating up, and what was next was a ticket to the Super Bowl. And quite an unforeseen rivalry was about to brew. This has been The Underdogs, the 2017 playoff run. Make sure to rate, subscribe, and review on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you find our podcasts. And as always, fly, Eagles, fly.
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.